At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. The following is an exclusive presentation of the Carolina Panthers and the National Football League. Yeah! Touchdown! This is Panther Talk with head coach Matt Rule, presented by Morris Jenkins. When your plumbing or air conditioning is acting up, call Morris Jenkins or visit morrisjenkins.com. As we move forward, you know, offensively, defensively, we've got some young guys. We have some good pieces to build upon. Um, we've uh, made some progress, and I think if we can just get a true offseason, I think we can make a real jump heading into next year. And now, along with Jim Zoki and Eugene Robinson, here's Mick Mixon with Panther Talk, live from the Panthers broadcast facility at Bank of America Stadium. So just like that, it's over. The Carolina Panthers' first season under head coach Matt Rule and his staff and it is a 5-11 and 11 worksheet. The Panthers to pick eighth in this spring's draft. And as you should know, if you follow it at all, some important steps have been taken. The best is yet to be. Get ready for the roaring 20s because they are coming under Coach Rule. So as the big voice said, we've got the Zoke here, got Jeannie Robb, Eugene Robinson. And it is a great pleasure to welcome the defensive coordinator of Coach Matt Rule's Carolina Panthers, Phil Snow. We don't have Coach yeah, okay. Well, we'll be, we will be welcoming him in. Uh, Coach Rule got called away unexpectedly to an off-site meeting, so we'll be talking with Phil Snow. All right, we're we there. now have we're there. Coach Phil Snow via the miracle of Zoom technology. Coach, it's Mick along with Jim and Eugene. Thanks for joining us tonight. Looked like your defense might have figured out a few things toward the end of the season. What factors in your mind got you guys playing better football? Well, you know, you know, over uh, you know sixteen games, as, as this group matured because you know we played uh, by the end of the season nine rookies had played for us on defense so you know uh, and then we have you know guys like Brian Burns and Dante Jackson you know they haven't played that long in the league too either so we got accustomed to the system and we started uh, um, recognizing what things you know people were trying to do against us and we just got better I do think um, 
we played hard and physical in most games. I, I think we can still improve in that area, but I think what we, why we got better is we learned to play pro football in you know what we were seeing and adjusting to it. Now we still have a ways to go and we'll continue to grow. So, but I think that's that's what we learned. Well, Coach Snow, this is Eugene Robinson. I want to stay on the same subject. How do you absolutely measure that when you look at your defense or where they where they started until where they ended up? What stats do you use? Is it third down percentage? Is it is is it rushing? Is it passing? What stats do you use to go ahead and be the barometer of how you measure where your team is at defensively? Well, you know, I think the biggest uh, statistic is how many points you give up. Um, you know, that's that's the bottom line, and um, and then you, you have to look at yourself when you play the real good offenses. Um, how well do you play against them? So that's what I really measure. Um, now, there's no doubt we have to get better at third down next year. Um, that, that really limited our, our defensive statistics. I, you know, we, most of the categories, we were in 15th to 19th in there in the league. And, 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 but on third down, we're one of the worst. If the third down was better, um, you know, we would have been, you know, 10, 12, 13th ranked defense. So that has to get better. But still, it's points allowed in um, – you know, there's a lot of yards, at, you know, uh, garbage yards that end the games that people get uh, that really don't count. Um, but it's when it counts that I measure, and, and that's the amount of points you give up. So that's really what um, we've got to work on this offseason. Coach, uh, of course, the, the first time you played New Orleans, you mentioned third down back in week seven. I think they were like 12 out of 14, but it seemed like you guys were able to do a better job statistically in that uh, category yesterday. Did you see that kind of improvement, or was that more the way the game played out, or, or why do you think that improvement happened uh, the second time against New Orleans? Well, as you, as you look at us over the last five or six uh, games, we've gotten a lot better on third down. Um, and I think it's just we've, we're getting better at certain things. Now, is it good enough yet? No. Uh, but we, we are getting better. And I think you saw the improvement in New Orleans, and but you also saw it the last five or six weeks. So... Um, you know, we're getting better. It's a process, and, uh, you know, I'm looking forward to this spring with the players. Phil Snow, our guest on Panther Talk. Coach, was this a good, predominantly a good tackling defense this year in your mind? Well, you know, tackling uh, is something you can always be better at, uh, get better at. And um, But I, I do think that, um, you know, and, and this is uh, – we actually have a service that, that, that grades our tackling. And um, – I used it in college, and, 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 and it's really interesting because, you know, you, you can get in a season and, and you don't see things the way you do after the season when you watch tape and say, why didn't we see this? You know, because you're so into it. So I have, we have this service that we use that grades our tackling every week. And so it, it's a lot of feedback for me that I can look at it. And, and, and so they may see things that we're not seeing. So – you know, um, and they have graded us that we've tackled pretty well at times. So, um, you know, I, I think we have tackled good at times, but, you know, it's, it's an area that you can always, like the first half of the Green Bay game, we did not tackle well. Uh, I thought the second half we did. So it's something that you're always working on and, and um, all you know, always have to be aware of. Coach, did this past game, uh, did it leave you – as a as a defensive coordinator, with more questions or or some answers 
based on what you saw in this game and moving forward? Well, you know, um, Eugene, the, the quarterbacks at, at this level are, are, and the elite ones like Breeze are so good. So it really it's a barometer for me where we're at. We're not going to win our, our, our division unless we can beat Breeze. And we're not there yet. There's things that, you know, that happen in the game that we're just not there yet uh, with the details and, and all the little things that it's going to take to beat um, that Saint offense. So, um, you know, it tells me where we're at and, 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 and what we need to work on. So, uh, you know, it, it, in that respect, you know, that, that game's really important for us. Coach, I'm going to paraphrase something. I think you were talking about maybe about two weeks ago on one of your weekly Zoom press conferences with the media was about the desire to uh, be able to do a, a more consistent four-man rush. Not that you wouldn't do some three or you wouldn't blitz, obviously, but as a base, uh, maybe just getting that pressure with just that four-man front and not having to, to dial up uh, those kind of things. Is, is that kind of a, a major goal of this defense for next year to get that consistent pressure with just four? Yeah, I think when you – I don't think you're really good on defense until you can rush four um, and cover with seven and then also play the run with that formula, with a four-man rush and seven pass defenders. When you can play the pass and the run out of that, you know, that configuration, then you have a chance to be really good on defense. And then you can mix all the other stuff that you want to do. And, and, and we're not there yet, and, and we need to get there. And, and that will be our goal you know, um, um, oh, you know, developing this football team, we have to be able to rush through, uh, four and cover with seven and also play the run. Um, so th- that'll be our goal as, as we go fo- uh, forward. So much fun to talk ball with Phil Snow, defensive coordinator, Carolina Panthers. Uh, Coach, early on, Matt Rule described you guys as a developmental staff in terms of how you substitute freely, twos become ones, threes become twos. How, how, how much are you, A, thrilled by that, and then, B, challenged by the, those concepts? Yeah, you know, um, you know that's just how we look at things, and, 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 um, and, and you know, that's who we are. So, you know, um, you know, that's just the way it is. So, Coach, I got a chance to play along some really good safeties, and one safety in particular that comes to mind is Leroy Butler. Uh, might we see Jeremy Chin utilized like we saw Troy Palomalo in Pittsburgh, Leroy Butler? I don't want to say the freelance guy, but give it a little bit more latitude to be all over the place, whether you're back at safety, back at the linebacker, and mixing it up at the line of scrimmage. Might we see even more of that that we've seen from Jeremy Chin? Uh, exactly. You know, I had a talk with Jeremy today, and and, and I, I think it's really important that, that we now – put him in positions um, not only to help us win, but for his longevity too. Um, and, and, you know, Jeremy is built like a safety, you know, he's 220 pounds, but he, you know, he's built really athletic and thin hipped. And, and so, you know, it may be that he's a safety that we now move down to utilize his talents instead of what we did this year, where he was close to the line of scrimmage and we moved him back. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to, the next six months developing, you know, how we're going to use him. And along with Brian Burns, um, I think those two guys are um, add a lot to what we can, can do out there. And um, I'm really looking forward to utilizing their talents and putting them in the best position. Cause you know, I, I don't think Brian is a defensive end every snap. Mm. You know, that's, you know, 
size-wise. And I think he needs to have different roles. And you saw that this year, and I think he really enjoyed when he drops and does some other things other than just rush. So um, those two players, I think, are really important, how we develop them um, and, and how we use them. And you're talking about one defensive end and then also second-round picks. That brings me to Yitor Grossmatos, who had some starts and stops with his season because of the high ankle sprain. He had the concussion. He had the COVID situation. So he kind of was in and out of the lineup a little bit this year for you. But how do you see his growth? And do you see him maybe putting more weight on that frame in terms of what he might be able to bring as he grows and matures as an NFL player? Yeah, Etor is – I think he is just starting. Um, there is so much – he's going to be a big, big man. He's, you know, really young, and, I, you know, he's just going to keep growing. I think you're going to see um, – him really be able to rush the passer inside. You know, I think he's going to be a force inside on third down, rushing the passer next year. Um, I, I also think he can play defensive end and be a really good against the tight ends and knocking them back. Because if you really look at most run games in this league, and most run games at every level, it's, they're tight end oriented. You know, it's hard to run the ball away from the tight end and be effective. And you know, he can really add something against the tight end, but then on third down, move him inside and be really dynamic in there. So, um, again, I think it's really important. He's He's got some versatility that we have to maximize, and I'm looking forward to doing that with him. This will be the last question for Phil Snow, then we'll let you go, Coach. Matt Rule addressed this a little bit last week. We mentioned your perspective. How much of the, the Panthers' uh, defensive improvement these last several games routes through Dante Jackson getting healthy and playing well. No, it does. I, you know, I met with Dante today. Um, I, I, re- I really believe that there's not many corners in the National Football League that are more talented movement-wise than Dante. Um, and, he, and for his size, he'll also tackle. Um, I think the thing with Dante is, is if he will consistently do what he can do, I think he'll be one of the best corners in the league. And so – that's my goal with him is, is to, to start practicing and everything he does at a really high level because uh, when he plays well, we have a chance to be, be pretty good because he, we can put him on their best guy and he can match them. So um, I'm really looking forward to working with Dante over the next year. Excellent, Coach. You, you're gracious to spend some time with Thank us. You, we Coach. appreciate respect Indeed. what you do and come see us when you can. Yeah, thank you very much, guys. Take care. Have a All good right. night. Thank Thanks, you. Coach. Thanks, Coach. Yeah, you too, Coach. Phil Snow, uh, ball coach, man. That's just what, what Coach is. Fun to talk to. I picture to. him actually down there like watching film as we're doing this. Like you just got the projector up and uh, doing the old school like film reel-to-reel going on. I, like I know it. it's not, yeah. but I, I kind of. Mick, I love the detail, the, the detail which he was able to give to some of the synopsis and some of the inside of what's going on on the team defensively. You know, there was a lot of detail in that, that conversation and a lot of honesty in that conversation. Good job. He, he impresses you as the kind of guy that when he's done at work watching film and he wants to go home and relax, he goes home and watches film. <laughs> yes, that's exactly what he <laughs> What are your hobbies? Watching <laughs> film. <laughs> yes. And when you're away from work, watching film. Yeah. This is Panther <laughs> Football brought to you by FanDuel, official partner of the Carolina Panthers. we got a big show for you tonight. We have Christian McCaffrey. You'll hear from Jordan Gross. we got a broadcast roundtable coming up next. Panther Talk continues in just a second. This is the Carolina Panthers Radio Network. Mr. Jenkins told me. Mr. Jenkins told me. Mr. Jenkins told me to always make it easy for the customer. That's you. A live person will always be here to answer the phone. We're here till midnight, seven days a week. 
so you never have to take off work. And it's the same price as in the daytime. We're the ones you want to call. We're the ones you want to call. We're the ones you want to call. You're going to love these people. I guarantee it. Go to MorrisJenkins.com. This is Panther Talk, presented by Morris Jenkins on the Carolina Panthers Radio Network. You still just reflect and you look back on this season and, you know, it's been one tough season, but you enjoy the challenges that this season has brought us. You understand, you know, and you learn more about different guys each week. And, you know, that's the beautiful part about this game. You know, this game has opened doors for so many individuals, including myself. So, um, you know, spend some time this offseason improving myself. Uh, different guys will spend some time improving themselves. Coaches will improve themselves and ultimately uh, build this thing in the right direction. Panther Talk, presented by Morris Jenkins, continues on the Carolina Panthers Radio Network. Two Glove Teddy, Teddy Bridgewater, talking about uh, what he thinks the offseason and possibly next season could bring. Along with Eugene and Jim, it's Mick, our broadcast roundtable brought to you by Geico. Great news, you can save money. Only spend, takes you about 15 minutes. You spend 15 minutes on the phone with Geico, or you can go to geico.com, and they promise you you can save 15% or more a year on car insurance. We're going to talk about Teddy Bridgewater in just a second, but, guys, you got to help me on this because I just had this mad on all day. I, I was so captivated by Washington at Philadelphia last night. I could not wait to watch it, made plans to watch it, and I hated with every fiber of my being what Philadelphia did, changing quarterbacks the way they did. You just, to me, you just can't quit like that. They just lay, they laid it down, and it just seems so antithetical to what Coach Rule is trying to build here, and to really to the game itself. How'd it hit you, Eugene? Yeah. You, now you're talking about Hurts going out, and the other uh, young man coming in, correct? Yeah, Jer- Jerry Seinfeld came in. Yeah, and, uh, and then Doug Peterson has the temerity to say, "Well, he, he's coaching to win." He's, that's what. Yeah, that's a joke. I, I, I saw. I saw the comments. I mean, of, Nate uh, Seinfeld, by the way, not Jerry yeah. Seinfeld. Sorry. Yeah, I saw the comments. Um, I, I thought one, they should have definitely stuck. Stay with your quarterback. One part of it is being getting into a rhythm, and and even when you're messing up, that you you you, you stay out there. Their season is not going to change on a dime. I mean, they're not going to go to the playoffs at all. So this is the time that you go ahead and you you work with them. You you keep them out there. I, I would I would have been in favor, Coach Peterson. Leave Hurts out there so he can learn. Let let football educate him. Let him educate him at this level. And if you take him out, he's going to lose the education. He really is because the next guy you bring in is not going to miraculously bring you back because you got more problems than just a quarterback. You got a defensive problem. You got a defensive front problem. You got a whole bunch of. Um, uh, problems and it's not going to be solved by replacing that quarterback so I kind of agree with you Mick that I he said I don't think he should have uh, replaced uh, uh, Jalen Hurts and then you don't even have uh, Carson Wentz active nope. so let's remember Mitchell Trubisky got benched earlier this year by Chicago sat out for like six weeks whatever came back played well they're in the playoffs now Carson Wentz obviously would have been the better option but he's not even active for this game and you bring in Nate Sudfeld in a three-point game and then, so now, Jalen Hurts goes into the offseason wondering about that. Carson Wentz, who knows if he'll even be back in Philadelphia. So their their whole quarterback situation is completely up in the air. Yeah, it's, and they it's moved up three stability. spots in the draft. So. Yeah, it's about stability. And you had an opportunity, I think a blown opportunity, to go ahead and tell a young man, look, I believe in you. I know that you're messing up, but I believe in you. We're going to keep you in there and see what you do. 
I hope that the football gods, if there is such a thing, send the Eagles the biggest draft bust since Ryan Leaf <laughs> for doing what they did. <laughs> My goodness. Well, that's our broadcast roundtable. Oh, that's a roundtable for we you. We didn't get to Teddy Bridgewater, but we will. For those who listen to our games, Vic throws a lot into the uh, football gods' atmosphere, and sometimes it gets connected and uh, sent back. Yeah, well, don't worry. It's that's a, a common gods. theme this year. I just, me, the universe and me, we're like this. Yeah, you're like 50 50 ball in that, yeah. I know. So, um, but like, you, like we say around here, try to get 1% better every day. So you'll hear from Christian McCaffrey. We're excited about that. He talked to uh, the press today. And then. We're going to get up with the farmer in the Dell, Jordan Gross. That's when Panther Talk continues on the Carolina Panthers radio network. This is Panther Talk, presented by Morris Jenkins on the Carolina Panthers radio network. You know, this has been a tough year. There's been a lot of things that have happened. They've dealt with COVID, new coaches, new regime. So while I'm disappointed, and I think we all have a bad taste in our mouths, uh, at the same time, I wanted them to know how appreciative I am of, of them getting up every day and testing and making sacrifices in their personal lives. And uh, while it's not the record we want or the success we want, I, mean, I truly believe that the seeds of future victory were sown this season and even today. Back to Mick Mixon, Jim Zoki, and Eugene Robinson with Panther Talk. Presented by Morris Jenkins on the Carolina Panthers Radio Network. We've tried to get Christian McCaffrey on this show and on some of our pregame shows for several weeks now, but he's been deep in rehab mode. So it is finally good to hear the perspective from CMC. He says it's been a difficult season for him this year. Yeah, I mean, obviously it's not what you had drawn up before the year, um, but that's part of it, you know, and I I don't – like I said in, in the last time I spoke to you guys, you know, I never want to feel sorry for myself. Uh, I never want to, um, you know, be somebody who's, you know, starts to get down when bad things happen because I'm going to be okay. I'll be just fine. Um, you know, obviously it was a tough season for me, you know, couldn't get healthy. And uh, for me, that was the hardest part, you know, constantly rehabbing and coming back and trying to, trying to play and then one thing after another. And so, um, you know, it was tough, but uh, stuff like that happens in, in football, stuff like that happens in life. And, you know, I thank God for it all and I'm grateful for it all. And I'm proud of the way my teammates fought. And, uh, you know, like I said, I, I want nothing more than to be out there with them, but that's just the way it goes sometimes. What were the conversations like between Coach Rule and McCaffrey about trying to play each week? Anytime, I, I, like I said, I tried to play. Uh, every week I could um, and you know it's the same reason why a couple of years ago uh, you know I played maybe a, a drive in the last game when we knew we weren't going to the playoffs um, so that you know you can go into the next season healthy and then uh, sit out I know there's a lot of guys around the league who, who you know would say the same um, coach rules mindset is that he wants to win every single game uh, you know there's no uh, you know, trying to lose to, to get a draft pick or anything like that. And and I love that mindset, and that's kind of how I was. But, you know, at the same time, um, I just, you know, I had my, my ankle, uh, which was bad, did what I could to come back, came back, felt good, you know, and hurt my shoulder. And then while I was, you know, rehabbing my shoulder, I, I pulled my quad pretty much. So it was just kind of one thing after another. And uh, at the end of the day, we just decided to shut it down. Christian thinks the Panthers are close, 
to being consistently good? Well, I think there's a lot of different things. I, I, I don't think it's one one thing at all. I think when, when we've had success, you know, we're all clicking together and we don't beat ourselves. And I think it comes down to that. Uh, you know, when, when we've been efficient, we put points on the board, it's when we're, we're good in the red zone, we're good on third down, we don't turn the ball over and we don't have dumb penalties. And, you know, I think that's, we, that's winning football, you know, and, and the defense, defense gets a three and out, we go put points up. Special teams pins them deep, defense keeps them there. Now we get good field position. It's just playing good team football and, uh, you know, guys winning their one-on-ones. And I think it's just, it's gonna take every single one of us getting a little bit better. And, and getting a little better every day, and that's it. McCaffrey says he plans to attack this offseason. Definitely, yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, every year is, uh, you know, that's kind of the um, the challenge is to figure out exactly what's the perfect way to create, you know, a machine going into the season, and that's that's going to be my goal this offseason um, starting now uh, is to, you know, prepare the best way possible, and sometimes that means resting, and sometimes it means you know, not going out and, and training and, you know, because I, I can be my own worst enemy sometimes with that. And, and I think that's one thing I've learned, too, is, um, you know, just be healthy. <laughs> and uh, too much is not always good. He says it was a year of a variety of challenges. There's a lot of things that bother you when you don't play, but, but you know, I can approach it like they bother me and, you know, I'm, I'm sad or I'm down and I'm, I'm angry, which are all emotions that I went through. But at the end of the day, like I said, you know, I'm in this for the long haul. I hope to be playing uh, as long as I physically can. Um, and, and, and for me, I envision that being in a really, really, really long time. So, um, you know, sometimes this stuff happens. Uh, I, you know, I go look at all the players around the league who have, who have gotten hurt and missed full seasons or missed multiple seasons. And, uh, you know, from quarterbacks to running backs to receivers to rush ends, uh, and, and, and I look to the ones who have come back and had a lot of success and, and continue to have success. And those are some of the people that are, that are going to motivate me this offseason. Um, so uh, just not playing is frustrating, I'd say, if, if, if I were to answer your question. Um, having to watch football is not, is not that fun when you know you, you feel like you could help or, or you know that your teammates are out there working and you can't be there with them. That's a frustrating feeling for any competitor would McCaffrey be comfortable going into next season with Teddy Bridgewater as his quarterback yes I would and I think Teddy's a great leader I think for me uh, that's one thing I notice is is poise um, through good times and bad times he's poised he's always trying to get better um, he corrects his mistakes and, and moves forward and he's a great leader Panther running back Christian McCaffrey already hard at work for 2021 stay tuned Panther talk presented by Morris Jenkins continues in just a moment. This is Panther Talk, presented by Morris Jenkins on the Carolina Panthers radio network. We grew a lot as a team. Uh, you know, even through the bad times, we kept fighting, which I love to see. And, uh, you know, I think the future is very bright for this program. I think we have the right pieces, and it's just a matter of the players coming together and uh, executing and, you know, playing, playing better team football panther talk presented by morris jenkins continues on the carolina panthers radio network let's go long distance to fruitland idaho where we have the farmer in adele on the show here jordan gross 
fantastic to talk to you. How close attention, I know you and Jake do your thing and you, you're never far away from Panther football, but how close did you monitor the, the events of, of the Carolina Panthers, Jordan, during this crazy year? And, and what impressions did this first season under Matt Rule leave you with? Yeah, I, I definitely had a, a lot of interest in the team this year as a fan and as a still, you know, member of the media team. Um, I love the hire of Matt Rule. Um, I still do. I, I think that there's good things to come. It seems as if he's got the team headed in the right direction. I I remember doing an interview on SiriusXM early in the season when the Panthers had a favorable win win percentage to their record and I said at that point I'm excited about the team I hope they keep it up but you never know things could turn south in a hurry and they sure did right Mick so that that doesn't surprise me that they did with the first year coach first year quarterback first year coordinators I mean all of the variables that you've discussed at great length but um, I, I'm, I'm curious to see what happens with Teddy Bridgewater because I was one of the biggest fans of us signing him and I still think that there's a lot of potential there but uh, due to whatever reasons that seemed to kind of culminate as in yesterday of a just kind of you know not the performances everybody was looking for so we'll see what what happens heading in the offseason. O-line is so difficult for someone who hadn't played it or coached it to to really get a feel for you can just know just enough to be dangerous. But Jordan, you, you played for some outstanding O-line coaches. I used to love hearing you talk about John Matsko. What do you think about the job that Pat Meyer did this year with this group? Well, when you get, when you're dealing with that many injuries, Mick, it's just incredibly difficult to, to do your job as a, as a position coach. So I don't know Pat, but um, I know his pedigree in the NFL and the job he's done wherever he's been. Um, to be able to produce any offensive production out of a makeshift O-line, I don't mean that by quality of player. I just mean from variables to your starting lineup. That's tough to do. We'll see how he does uh, at developing talent. That's something I love most about John Matsko is he was able to create Andrew Norwell and Trey Turner and Taylor Moten. He, you know, he got a lot of guys from draft or free agency, uh, undrafted free agents to become starters in the NFL. So kind of the, the jury's still out on how, he'll do in the long term but this year with that many injuries it was I know it was a tough job for Pat and that's the thing Mick that I think we got to figure out going into the future for the Panthers is how to get some guys that can stay on the field I know Taylor Moten's going into free agency and to me that'd be a massive priority is keeping him because one of the best abilities of an offensive lineman is availability right so and we saw how we can get hampered by injuries both this year and in, in previous years so um Coach Meyer had a big job to do going in the offseason. Jordan Gross on Panther Talk, right outside the studio where we're talking now. There are windows, and we can look across the stadium and see your name in the Hall of Honor. When I think about your name up there, Jordan. Of course, think about all the, the great plays you made and protecting the quarterback and all, but also think about your job as an enforcer. Uh, one of my lasting memories of you is, and I bet it happened half a dozen or more times, is some, you didn't like the way – a def another player was treating one of your players, maybe standing over him too long, pushing, shoving, etc. And and I just love how you would just come flying in there, championship wrestling style, and just <laughs> sheriff all that up. How important is that kind of an attitude to breeding the kind of esprit de corps that an NFL team aspires to? You know, Mick, it's funny you say that because that's one of the things that now that there's a lot of rearview mirror to my football career, right? And I think about it once in a while. You, I wonder how much more of that I should have done. Um, just 
you know, instances will come up or whatever. But I, I never aimed to be a dirty player, cheap player. I didn't really even love talking trash or trying to get under somebody's skin. But yeah, definitely when you get certain players or certain defenses that are trying to set the tone, as you've heard a million times, or they're trying to, you know, maybe take little jabs at Steve Smith or Jonathan Stewart or D'Angelo Cam, whoever it was. I think it's incredibly important for the offensive line in general or a guy on that unit to make sure that at least the other team knows they're not going to get open season on their players. Right. And I remember I'd have dialogue with the officials. We were playing the Denver Broncos one time and they kept just peeling D'Angelo and Jonathan Stewart off the pile, right? Just extra guys would pile on there. And I told the official twice, I was like, if you don't do something, I'm going to have to, right? <laughs> so then they didn't call anything. It happened again. And I nailed this linebacker as he was about to hit D'Angelo on the pile. And I peeled him off, Mick, and it turned it. So he was falling onto his back. I'm on top of him. And I just accelerated my knees right into a double knee drop right on the guy's chest. Well, it cost me like fifteen thousand dollars but it was worth it to get the point across he didn't do it anymore well worth it money well spent and it reminds <laughs> me of animal house you know they can't do that to our pledges i know only we can do that to our pledges so um... exactly right Mick. and you know you can't coach it uh, i mean you can coach it i guess but it has to be learned when i first got in the league i had a whole bunch of personal fouls because i was playing the way i played at college which was kind of the wild west in the early 2000s and i learned quickly that you the, the nfl is not a place for cheap shots right that's not part of the game but there is still a bit of an ego attachment to the guys out there and and it's just like we have two dogs in the living room right now and whichever they, they're best friends, but whichever one can kind of can run the show on the other one, they're going to do that. And that's what happens on a football field. You're the best. Last question. We'll let you go. How do you feel? I know you put a good face on it all the time, Jordan, but how, how do you feel being an ex player? Do you miss it? Uh, I don't miss playing at all. It was really tough and I, and I loved it and I wouldn't have changed a thing, um, but it was stressful both physically, emotionally, mentally, all that stuff. Um, the, the weird thing is when you get some distance between your career, like me now going seven, eight years out, you just realize even with an 11-year career, how fast it goes and how young you were through all that. And I felt old at times, especially at later in my career, you know, when I played uh, 10 seasons or more. But you just realize how young you are and, and you don't have as much perspective on what a special opportunity it was until you're done and away from the game. So, um, again, no remorse or, or I wish I was back there doing it, but you don't know how awesome it was until you're out of it. And so there's no way to get around that or no hard feelings or anything, but I sure my appreciation for that experience grows and sometimes I say to myself, like, holy cow, I, I'm in the Hall of Honor. Like, it doesn't seem real now because there's been so much time since that happened. But having connections, even just like this interview, Mick, and being uh, involved doing my podcast with Jake sure makes me feel like a part of it still. Your legacy is secure as one of the great players, <laughs> fathers, friends, husbands, uh, all-around great guys here, Jordan. So thanks a lot for uh, letting us have you on Panther Talk and uh, just keep everything growing green there in the Dell. Well, yeah, now I know what Adele is, so I'm a better version of me than I was, you know, 10 minutes ago. Thanks, Nick. Appreciate you. Adele is a valley normally surrounded by trees. The word appears in two well-known instances of, I guess you could say, literature or pop culture. Of course, Eugene, there is the nursery rhyme. The farmer in Adele. 
And then late 19th century, Ernest Lawrence Thayer, Casey and Casey at the bat. That's right. It appears in, in, um, in that poem. There's also one more. It's the famous uh, British singer, Adele. <laughs> I knew Hello. the Zook. I knew the Zook would have something like that for us. Zook, what do you got on the injury, uh, injury update? Uh, brought to you by Ortho Carolina, our injury updates. We're going to get Christian McCaffrey back next year. That'll That's be the great. biggest one. We don't have to worry about the, the day-to-day and the week-to-week stuff right now, but he said he'll be not needing surgery in his uh, Zoom press conference today, as you heard, and uh, that he'll be up and rolling next year. Of course, we didn't have Brian Burns for his last game, Mike Davis. Uh, we also did not have uh, Troy Pride Jr. and Russell Okung. Your personalized orthopedic care begins with a click of a mouse. Schedule your next appointment online at orthocarolina.com. Ortho Carolina, your, your care, care your, your way. way. Yes. And this is Panther Talk presented by Morris Jenkins Plumbing, Air Conditioning. They do it all. Morris Jenkins is waiting for your phone call, or you can go on their website, morrisjenkins.com. Stay tuned. We'll have our broadcast roundtable, a little bit more of it. We're going to talk about Teddy Bridgewater, get Eugene and Jim to kind of weigh in on where things might stand there. So stay tuned to this, the Carolina Panthers Radio Network. Mr. Jenkins told me. Mr. Jenkins told me. Mr. Jenkins told me to always make it easy for the customer. That's you. A live person will always be here to answer the phone. We're here till midnight, seven days a week. So you never have to take off work. And it's the same price as in the daytime. We're the ones you want to call. We're the ones you want to call. We're the ones you want to call. You're going to love these people. I guarantee it. Go to MorrisJenkins.com. This is Panther Talk, presented by Morris Jenkins on the Carolina Panthers Radio Network. I can look around the studio and see a lot of cool cats. We got old Byron Putman right over there. Put. We mm. got uh, Wendell Black over yonder. Black. Black. We got podcast Matt in a producer role tonight, and then we keep Eugene Pot. in a saliva-proof, no. hermetically sealed booth. Not the hermetically Gene sealed. Is right over there. <laughs> with his little Bert. mints that he likes to That's eat right. during he's break. Wintergreen. He's restrained from anything but mints until 7 o'clock. That's right. It makes sense that Teddy Bridgewater's not going anywhere, that he'll be, of course, back next year, you would think. And But does it also make sense, guys, that uh, that uh, that he he know, he probably knows that he has to uh, – he's going to have to sort of re-earn that starting job because the last couple of months offensively just – didn't seem to really have that snap and rhythm to him. Yeah, I, I I agree with you. I mean, first of all, we need to talk about there was no Russell Okun, there was no Christian McCaffrey. So, I mean, you didn't have all the weapons that you would need to be successful. All right, so I'll say that up front. However, I mean, having 69% uh, completion uh, percentage, you know, 15 touchdowns, 11 interceptions, that's a lot. And not being able to – close out some of those games that were really, really close, um, he has to go ahead with with the accuracy that he has and the ring generalship that he has, he has to be able to close out games. And so I think a lot is going to be on him to finish and finish strong, particularly at the quarterback position, because that's what you expect of a Drew Brees. That's what you expect of a Tom Brady. And if you want to be considered that category and you're going to be the guy, you got to be able to finish. And um... – as you said, McCaffrey will change a lot of the offense when he comes back. But I know one thing Matt Rule's talked about more than once is Mick is wanting to really be able to push the ball downfield and get DJ Moore and, and Robbie Anderson and Curtis Samuel more of these big chunk plays and things like that. I felt like we had more of that beginning part of the first half of the season 
Uh, Coach referenced maybe the Tampa Bay game where Teddy got dinged up. Maybe he's not been quite the same player since then. If that's the correlation, maybe, sure not, as far as uh, what is playing into this. But, yeah, he's not been as great, and uh, you you don't want to just be doing the check downs and and the short stuff. You want to be able to – Take advantage of that speed you got, right, Eugene, and take it downfield and use that speed to your advantage. Absolutely. You got DJ, you got Sam, you got Robbie. You got you got three guys who can fly and three guys who are going to absolutely make plays. And then you put a Christian McCaffrey back in the mix where he's Mr. Everything, whether he's in the backfield, whether he's down in the, uh, in the, as an H-back in the slot, he's Mr. Everything. So you got all the weapons that you need to accomplish what you need to accomplish. And so we saw an uncharacteristic interception that he threw – throwing the ball to Ian Thomas on a on a corner route. Well, he threw it right to the safety away from Ian Thomas. I'm like, that's not Teddy Bridgewater. That's not somewhere near Teddy Bridgewater's ability. And so things have to change, and he has to become better because he can. This offense looks like it would just cry out. I mean, just scream at the top of its lungs for a pass-catching tight end, mm-hmm. if not two of them. And it doesn't have to be Greg Olson either. I mean, you just need someone that could be – maybe a 35-catch guy. Because I, I do believe McCaffrey's going to absorb a lot of these stats away from uh, all the 1,000-yard club that we had this year going on out there. But where that really helps Eugene to have what Mick is talking about is in the red zone. Am I right, am I right? You need those big targets, and they can get open because they get those matchups with linebackers and maybe a, like a bigger safety. But uh, you know that's where that 6-5 frame comes in that we don't always have down there. And that's and what really also sell, helps sell that, too, is, is having the running game to back that up. Because when you have a running game that can back that up, then a guy like Olsen that we have become extremely dangerous. Because now when he's blocking, now you slip him out or you slip out Ian Thomas or Manhurst out on a, on a pattern to go ahead and, and become a catching tight end. And I thought we were lacking that. Mick, I think you're right. We're lacking that. But I don't think in this offense there was enough ball to go around to facilitate having the tight end be the guy. I think that's in the process, but not as what we saw this year. I like Zoke's point a lot, too. A great many red zone touchdown passes are up high. Catch it high, keep it high. Back mm-hmm. rail. It's not an accident. Jump uh, balls, yeah. It's too crowded. You just can't fit. In NFL DBs are so fast, and linebackers just hard to fit the ball in, you know, eye level or below. you got to throw it up high, and a tight end that could go up there and high point it would be good to have. All right, let's take a short break. Come back with some final thoughts next. This is the Carolina Panthers Radio Network. Panther Talk, presented by Morris Jenkins, continues on the Carolina Panthers Radio Network. Supposed to say Morris Jenkins a certain number of times, but in all the excitement, I kind of lost track. Did I fire six shots or only five? I don't know. Morris Jenkins, Morris Jenkins, Morris Jenkins. Plus, there was a time you mentioned that you didn't say Morris Jenkins, and that counts as one. And now that I've done it again, one. so actually they kind of owe us one. I think we're <laughs> – yeah, let's send them a bill. <laughs> so uh, let's go final thoughts, uh, Eugene. What will you remember uh, most about the 2020 Carolina Panthers? Their effort. Their effort was absolutely astounding. I mean, you could tell this was a young team, and they played with a, a good appetite. They played with a voracious appetite. You saw that it was a never – Never say die, never quit. They were always out there. Now, they may lack some execution. They may have lacked some academics. But those things are teachable. One thing you can do, which one thing you can count on is that their want to, their want to was at a high level. They wanted to win. They wanted to be out there. So moving forward, I think that's the recipe when, when, for, for, for a good team and a very good defense, as I'm talking. So I, I like what I saw. Zoke? 
I like uh, just the, the way it's going, the, the direction it's going. The record's not there, and they're not proud of 5-11, and 11, but the building blocks that now we can stack some more on top of Jeremy Chin and Derek Brown and Brian Burns and DJ Moore and Shaq Thompson and you know, you know the rest. Uh, getting back, Christian McCaffrey's going to be like getting a top three, top five pick in this draft, getting him back out there next year. So you can see it's there, and now it's just a matter of adding on to it this offseason with what you've already accumulated. I'm a fan, too. I'd, I, Matt Rule – is the kind of coach that I feel like you would drive miles and wait in line minutes or hours just to hear him talk about football, performance, psychology, motivation. So uh, it's going to be exciting. The hard work has already begun on 2021, and we'll be here to cover it all for you next year. For Podcast Matt, Matt. for Byron, mm, for Wendell, black. for Eugene, black, black. and for the Zoke, this yeah. is Mick Mixon. Thanking you so much for being a part of this little shindig we call Panther Talk on the Carolina Panthers Radio Network. This has been Panther Talk with head coach Matt Rule, presented by Morris Jenkins. Mr. Jenkins told me that he loves football, and he looks forward to this show all week. When your plumbing or air conditioning is acting up, call Morris Jenkins or visit morrisjenkins.com. Panther Talk. Panther Talk. Panther Talk. This is the Carolina Panthers Radio Network.